and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And my voice is fine until I go to start the show, and then it wants to do weird things. So hopefully we'll get warmed up and everything will smooth out. We are going to be talking about the penultimate episodes. It's weird that it's two episodes and they're two before the last two, but right. for us, this is the penup- penultimate episodes. It's hard to say. Of Indeed. Thanks. You're having trouble <laughs> disengaging from your long run with this show. Um, yeah. So we're going to watch, uh, we're, we've watched the seventh and eighth episodes in the second season of Mr. Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about them. But before we do, how was your week? My week was actually went very well. I uh, was able to get a lot of work done. And uh, it's not, it, I was productive. I didn't have a great deal of fun, but I got Aww. a lot done. How was your weekend, which I shouldn't even ask. I'm sure you enjoyed yourself. I had fun. Yes, you did. And wasn't very productive. <laughs> well. So. I, I played a 12-hour board game. So. What's the name of the board game? I played a game called The Colonists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the opposite of that Spirit Island game. I also played Spirit Island. Um, mm-hmm. And we started the game at 8.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we finished the game pretty close to 10 p.m. We did take breaks. We were we were not right. just sitting at a table for that long. Uh, I lost by a lot, oh. <laughs> but uh, it, overall it was a fun experience. It was How did you weekend. lose that game? Uh, you don't have as many points as the other person. Oh, okay. well, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, that's literally mm. it. The whole everything you do get you money mm-hmm. at the end and you never spend money the way that this game works money is just points so mm-hmm. every building you build has a point value every as you go through the game you collect right. money and at the end you count all the money up and and certain things are worth money and then you add it all up and then whoever has the most money wins just like in america yeah. it is called the colonists after all uh and i had a hundred plus less dollars than Corey did at the end of the game i'm glad you had a good time i did have a good time i think i won at least one game this weekend maybe maybe i didn't (laughs) maybe it was one of those weekends we played oh i won the game the first game we played in the whole weekend so okay there we go we started out good slid down a hill to the end <laughs> but yes it was a big board game it had a promising beginning that's important yes and that's good because that game we play every time i go down there it's a legacy mm. game we play it every time i go down and i think i finally figured it out much to Corey's chagrin i, I bet you'll be uh, ready next time so well no doubt uh and Yep, I go back in four weeks, because that's the schedule we're on. Uh, All right, you want to get into these episodes? let's get into the episodes. Overall, this is a pretty good pair, I think. I'm surprised that I'm enjoying this season much more than the first season. Much more. I feel like the things that they're they're doing... Um. I mean, they have some problems. I have problems with the show, for sure. But... I, I don't know, maybe less incest just makes me more positively, uh, like, I, 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 I view the show more positively when you show me less incest. I don't know. 
that I, I don't know if that's it or what. what. I think that it's also the first season, less Brady. Right. We've got some Brady, certainly in every episode we've got him, but at least 25% of the time he's on screen, he is nonverbal. Right. I, <laughs> Not I to say that that actor I isn't good. I didn't care for him at all, or <laughs> yeah. the actor for that matter. In my personal case, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen him in anything else. So I, my only well, picture is going to be... ready because he's going to be in The Stand. Okay. <laughs> what character is he playing in The Stand? I'm looking it up. Okay. Being that this is the only way I have to judge his performance, I'm just kind of tired of seeing him, and I really Oh, do. my mistake. No, he's not in the stand. He's okay. in that show, Penny Dreadful. Oh, all right. Yeah. The There was a kind of... Um, you were forced to participate in watching his depravity all the time. Yeah. And there's a lot less of that. There was at the very beginning, there's the one episode that we talked about that just made me really uncomfortable and felt gross which is his remote control rape of uh, the nurse. But other than that, um, that's been kept to a minimum, and the show is really focusing on characters that I actually like. Here's a question for mm-hmm. you. What if Anton Yelchin had played the part of Mr. Mercedes? I think it would have been better, to be honest. He was cast. Right. And then he died, yeah, tragically. I think uh, that this character doesn't have the vulnerability. I don't give a shit what happens to this guy. Anton Yelchin had a way of making you care about a character. That's true, but also his character had never been... He's been not great, uh, but he's never been... I don't think he ever played anyone full-on despicable. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I can't... I mean, he's he's played characters that were slant. But I don't feel like he play, ever played anyone who was just a sociopath if or a psychopath. I and can just draw evil. a parallel, all right? There's a difference. Uh, there's two versions of the film Psycho. Yes. Right? Gus For Van Sant, no reason at all. Uh, trying to improve on Alfred Hitchcock, which was ridiculous. The very first film features Anthony Perkins' performance, right? And he's able to be vulnerable, particularly if you're not familiar with who the character is. He was able to do something that wasn't even done on paper, the, the original novel, um, to make Norman Bates sympathetic and pathetic and creepy, but at the same time you feel sorry for him. Um, Gus Van Sant's film, I forget the actor's name. The well, very Vince tall. Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Which is, is just from a right. physicality right. point of view, is the dumbest. Is that was physically the enormous stupidest. person yeah. who... At no point do you feel pity or sorrow for him in his situation. He's just this tall, hulking mess who goes out. No, and it's why, it's why the t- it's it's actually mm. why the TV show right works in the right direction because Freddie Highmore wor- right. is an Anthony Perkins type. You can feel sorry for Freddie Highmore. It's not. It's also the fact that no woman feels comfortable next to Vince Vaughn. Right. He's six six, and he's got a manic energy. I don't know if he did in that film because mm-hmm. I did not watch that film. But he, there's a manic energy about him that I think would make single, especially small. Right. Like I'm five ten. Well, and Hache for that matter. Right. And Hache is a small woman. Right. She. He's got what a foot and a half on her, maybe. Like it, it's probably not. She's not five feet tall, but. Well, see, she, she's not very tall, and to and to just right. be like to to, to be like to, to think that she wouldn't immediately 
be on guard right. around somebody so much bigger than she is. Janet Lee's character invites a Norman Bates into her room, mm-hmm. has a conversation with him, eats a sandwich. No one's inviting no. Vince Vaughn in. No, and he reads Creep from a distance off, and Norman and Anthony Perkins did not. So if you're saying Anton Yelchin and yeah. this guy, I think this guy reads Creep from a distance. I think this guy has the capability of not reading Creep, but right. they he made him. Creep or something. He did. The makeup did. Right. The direction did. The cinematography did. The way that he is filmed. The mm-hmm. way that he's. I don't know if it's his choice to carry himself and move the way that he does, or if it's a directorial choice. I don't. Right. No, my sense in a show like this is that it's probably his choice because it's not like, you know, single directed yeah. by an auteur right, like exactly. um like Hitchcock like people want to blame things like the happening on Mark Wahlberg and mm-hmm. I'm like everything that Mark Wahlberg did in the happening was approved and maybe requested mm-hmm. by M Night Shyamalan because right. we know that he. Like, takes every aspect of his films very seriously and wants you to do it the way he wants you to do it. So, yes, Mark Wahlberg is bad in that movie. But I blame the director more than I blame him. When we were watching... He probably also just was... It was a bad casting choice. For film class, we watched um, Breathless. Good artist film. Such a depressing... And if you watched only that film, you would get the notion that Gene Seberg is a very pretty, very vacant, and very... Terrible actress. Terrible actress, right. If you watch the rest of her work, particularly something like Lilith, she's amazing. And you're going, well, why the hell wasn't she acting in that one film? Because Godard told her not to. Stand there and act pretty and look vacant. And basically, that's what she was asked to do. And so she did what she was doing. And she did great, but it was miserable to watch. It was so convincing that you thought, and I did for the longest time, she's awful. But when I started seeing other films that she did, oh my God, she's amazing. I wonder if that's my problem with Taylor Schilling or if she's just bad. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's her name. The the lead from Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. I think she's terrible in that show. A, I think that character is terrible. But I think the actress is also terrible. And so when I see her in other things, I'm just like, oh, here we go. She's going to be terrible. And, uh... I don't think she was particularly bad in the the haunted baby movie that she did. No, no. But just her, just seeing her took me a little bit out of it. I don't know. I I feel like Harry Treadaway, right? Yes. This is Brady. Also, he's a, British, so he's always got a weird inflection. Inflection because mm-hmm. he's doing an American accent. Right. Yeah. But when I'm watching his take on Brady Hartsfeld. I don't believe that Lou, right, couldn't read him as being crazy. Whereas if you say Anton Yelchin, yeah, I think... Well, especially because constantly their boss is calling him a weirdo and saying that he's a creep. Right. Like, in front of Lou. So did Lou just go, yeah, but he's a neutered creep? I I don't like is that that's why I said it's like his his uh his crazy reads with an edge to it where it could be violent that's what I was getting and so when you say Anton Yelchin I'm going that's a guy who you'd never think I mean I'm watching all the way through Green Room looking at him going 
oh my God, somebody has to rescue that poor man because he can't take care of himself. You know? I was, I was glad that Imogen Poots was there to, you know, to throw all 90 pounds of herself against that door to protect him because I could never buy that he would ever be physical. So if he did, suddenly, did something like stab a person, that would read as shocking. Yes. And I think that it's, uh, and I, again, I yeah. don't know Harry Treadway's other work. Yeah, so, I I want to watch Penny Dreadful at some point. Uh-huh. We started it, yeah, and I enjoyed what we watched, mm-hmm. but we stopped watching. I don't know why. It's done now, There's so we can go to back watch. to it. I think we went to a superhero phase where we were watching every superhero show, and, and I had to just be like, I, I can't really watch it. I no longer saw Supergirl because I was enjoying it or Black These Lightning. Are, but the other thing is other. that because of the streaming culture, right. My brain now just defaults to, well, it'll be there when I'm ready to watch it. Right. So I'm not in a big It's like a Buddhist thing. When you're ready, the show will come. Yes, right. So So he plays Victor Frankenstein, which I think is interesting. That might be an interesting He'll be able to speak with his normal voice, which I think will be helpful. Mm -hmm. He also plays a Romulan in Picard, which is a show that I do want to watch at some point. And I could definitely see him as a Romulan. I'm a little bit of a nerd. Not a huge nerd. Just a, just, no, I'm a huge nerd. But I'm not um, a big Star Trek nerd. Right. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I think the way that he is styled in this is not doing them any favors. Um, yeah, he's not, the fact that If he's, I'm supposed to have compassion for Yeah, the fact him. that he is... I, like I said, he reads creep to me right off the jump, so I, I don't understand why other people aren't catching on to it. I wouldn't let that guy run a like an ice cream truck. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think yeah. was one of the more interesting aspects of the character that they just throw away. That he was, a, he was an ice cream man. Right. I think that here's who gets to drive an ice cream truck. Literally, right. this is it. Are you skinny? <laughs> because you have to be able to maneuver right. inside of this small thing that is full of freezers. I really think that that is like the deciding factor. The deciding factor. Um, especially in a small town. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Skinny and not on the sex offenders list. <laughs> <laughs> that's, some, that's some criteria right there. Yeah. So, we can get started on these shows. Okay. So, we first, uh, episode seven, Fell on Black Days, which... Uh, is a Soundgarden reference. I mean, I don't know if it I know really it is a Soundgarden reference, but Soundgarden did a song called Fell in Black Days. Rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Uh, we start, and Donna is sleeping over at Bill's house, mm-hmm. which I guess was their house. Right. And yeah, because she chose the table. Yeah, she chose the table. And she f- goes in, uh, into the cabinet, and her coffee mug is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Why didn't you take your... Like, how pissed were you when you left where you were like, fuck it, I'm not bringing my right. favorite coffee. Like, a coffee mug's a pretty personal thing, especially for people... I don't drink coffee. But you're using that every day. Like, I w- unless you were just like, I, it's time for a new coffee. New me, new mug. I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, and... Then we also parallel to their morning little morning routine. Brady is uh, being taken to a operating room. Um, 
So let's talk about the bill scene first, because that's mm-hmm. what we open with. Okay. Um, Holly comes out and she's making breakfast, and Donna's there, and they have a very odd little conversation because Holly's like, he she need he needs a new table, and mm-hmm. Donna's like, oh well, uh, I chose the table. It's nostalgia or whatever, and Holly looks, you know, a little abashed, and mm-hmm. then she's like. Uh, Holly's like, well, it wobbles. And Donna just tells her, oh, it's not the table. It's the floor. The floor is warped. She takes a matchbook and slides it under one of the... It's not really legs. It's, no, those, it's yeah. those slats on, under the table. And, and Holly's like, oh, I guess it is. I never noticed. And Donna, little barbed, Donna says, well, it's not a thing guests would notice. Right. As in, when are you leaving? <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, Donna didn't live here, so. Yeah, that felt down. a little like she was It felt a little barbie I don't and know what, why. Th- that was the impression that I got, that it's territorial. That Especially she... because Holly is not horning in on a romantic. Right. You know, Donna's, Donna's space in Bill's life mm-hmm. is in no way overlapping with right. Holly's space in Bill's life, other than. He has to have, you know, time for both of them. But Donna doesn't also seem like a person who's like, all of your extra attention needs to be focused on me. That doesn't seem the way that she is. It's it's just odd that they... They chose to make this a competition. They chose to make it a little bit competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Holly takes off, and then Donna and Bill are talking about their upcoming trip to Ireland. Bill has not been back to Ireland since he got on a boat, I guess, and sailed away. That's what it always sounds like. Did he sail or fly? It's unclear to me, but it really feels like a 1700s thing right. where he well, got on a boat and right. left the, the motherland never to be called Kermit again. Like, it's just so odd. Um, Displaced by the potato famine that happened a hundred years earlier. Right. It's just I, like I, I, I don't, I it, don't wasn't it wasn't the eighteen hundreds. It wasn't it wasn't that long ago. Uh and uh Donna's like, you need to leave Brady here. Like, if we're gonna go on this trip, you it, it needs to be you and me, not you, me and Brady. And uh then they walk outside, they say hello to Ida. They kiss goodbye, and uh, as Donna drives off, I just like, so this is happening, huh? Interesting. Uh, and Ida says she always seems to have a good head on her shoulders, and Bill says that's probably why she left me. Right. I'm going to take that again because that got real loud outside. Yeah, it was just a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Ida says she always seemed to have a good head on her shoulders, and Bill agrees and says that's probably why she left me in the first place, which bodes super well for their relationship in the next three episodes. Uh, And then we go back and we're in the hospital where Brady's undergoing a an awake craniotomy. 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 Wherein they drill into his head and poke at his brain to to try and make him talk. In the gallery are the Chinese investors and Felix's wife. Felix right. is performing the surgery. Felix, who I learned, I'm so stupid. He's a Houston. Yes, 
I didn't realize. I uh, knew that that was his last name. I did not realize. I I don't want to associate everyone with the Houstons. And to those of you who don't know, Houstons are like royalty to film people. Angelica. Think Angelica uh, and Peter. Nephew, but to an older generation or a film generation, John. His um. John is amazing. His swarthiness makes sense in that. Mm -hmm. Because I was, I keep looking at him and I'm like, he reminds me of like a Jimmy Smiths, where I'm like. What is his ethnicity? Irish, Scottish, Welsh, English. They're a very mixed family, but yeah, to an But dark, right. not like. Yeah. They're not the, the fairest of people. No. Angelica's pretty fair, but. But yes, I mean, John and Walter, the John the director and Walter the actor, it's an amazing family of actors mm-hmm. and filmmakers, basically, so. Right. And yes, so yes, he is. So up in the gallery, we've got Cora with her Chinese investors. I'm sure there's no HIPAA violations happening. Mm. I'm that's sure gone out of the it. window. You, that's not even a concern in this world that they operate in. It is so bonkers to me. This, yeah, they're they're like so confusing to me. So he's not talking. Brady's not talking. And and the what we're seeing inside his mind basement Mm -hmm. and outside make us think that he is not talking on purpose because he knows even though Felix has said I'm your defense and you'll get you know life in an asylum rather than going to prison while also talking about how he's definitely going to double cross him and send him to prison in Mm -hmm. the same room with him I don't, I just, it, like I said last week, it feels more like a play where everyone has to come on stage from stage left and right. do all their lines and then leave. And, you know, with a character in the background who's literally twirling his mustache and planning revenge. Yeah, it's so... It doesn't make any sense. So we... But it, it feels like what they're doing is... Or what they're what they're trying to get us as an audience to understand is he could talk... He is choosing not to talk right? because it's all downsides for Brady mm-hmm. to speak. Right. Right. Uh, and this, yeah. of course, pisses off the Chinese investors. We expected that there would be expertise, not this and that nothing's happening. And I'm just like, really? You just expected miracles from one patient in one place? Yeah. In, like what? And I don't know how, you know, underground medicine trials <clears throat> actually work. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't seem It doesn't feel authentic, authentic because, authentic as you pointed out several times, it doesn't make any sense that any of the results from this could actually be taken seriously or to... Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, can, I keep trying right. to... They're acting like they uh-huh. know what this drug can do and it's not working on this patient rather than they're waiting to figure out right. what this drug can do by what happens to the patient. And if they know what the drug can do, then why the fuck do we care what they happens already to this know what patient? The drug can do because the Chinese experience. I understand that. That's so what, I mean. what are so, we doing right. here? <laughs> it's, it's, it's effectively just telling you what you already know. Yeah. So that's why it, it seems sort of pointless and it's shoehorned into the plot to, to carry the plot further, but it doesn't make sense of itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As this goes on, yeah, I think that the Chinese people just, investors just leave. Mm-hmm. And Cora tries to chase them down. Um, 
Al is at the police station, and mm-hmm. he is uh, released into his brother's custody. He still doesn't understand what happened. He um, there's a scene between he and his brother where he talks about how he's getting. He has these long blocks of time where he doesn't remember what happened mm-hmm. and what he was doing, and he is like begging his brother to help him. It's he's Mike Starr is doing a really he's nice doing a job, lot but of like great work here. but also it feels. They're leaning very heavily on the trope of the intellectual disability. Uh-huh. Like, it's a very stereotypical portrayal. I'm a sucker for it, which I don't know what that says about me. Like, But, like, I'm just... Every time he's on the screen and upset, I just, like, want to burst into tears. I really... I have trouble with it. Well, he's doing really great work. This is kind of... I mean, I think the excuse that the writers are giving for why uh, Hartsfield is able to get inside of his head is that he is intellectually disabled and therefore easier to control, which doesn't feel quite right. That feels, you know, as if to say he's defective in some way and therefore, like the woman who's epileptic, these are the people who fall prey to this creature. Right. Um, But on the part of the actor, he's doing an amazing job. Yeah, and the actor playing his brother yes. as well. They're doing a great They're doing, job. They are doing a great job with what they've been given yeah. to do. Right, right. Because exactly. he's making you care about this character. Yeah. Essentially, you can date by date back to Steinbeck, this yeah. same guy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bill and Montez are uh, having some tacos out by the water. Mm-hmm. It actually looks. It's a great scene. I'm just like, Alfresco tacos seems awesome. <laughs> In the days of COVID, you miss things like that. And uh, Bill talks about the text he got, the Ollie Ollie Oxen Free mm-hmm. text that he got, which they confirmed came. Bill thinks that Felix and Cora sent it, but Montez isn't sure. And they decide that they want to get Brady moved to a place called Crestmore, mm-hmm. which hence the title of the next episode, for observation um, and away from all of the monitors and the, you know, I, you know, brain all, all the new things, technology all this technology, right. all these drugs. They do believe that he's been injected right. with something. They believe that he's been given some sort of drug cocktail by Felix, Felix um, but they don't know how to stop it without mm. moving, just removing him yeah. they're like well we how do we get rid of felix and they're like don't get rid of the doctor get rid of the patient just move right. him speaking to, where to the can. representative from the hospital who seems to be well not yeah. here no, no, not, but i mean yeah. eventually they're speaking to him and even he seems to eventually be convinced that something's yes. going on yeah there's there's um yeah there's back and forth yeah backs and forth which we'll get to the scene with al and his brother reggie is yeah, he's like something's in my head, and when it leaves, it leaves like a slime behind, which mm-hmm. I think is it's a really that's some nice description. Yeah. yeah description there. It's a very evocative image, uh, and we're like, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> um, over at Finders Keepers, Holly is mad at Bill because he left the coffee maker on, and that could cause a fire. She's very stressed. She asked him about Ireland, and the last time he went back, and Bill's like, nope, never been back. Was there? Was here the end, uh, and Holly's like, "Oh, maybe I'll go home and visit my mom." 
show her mom how much she's grown. And Bill's like, well, who's going to feed Fred? And she's like, maybe I, Ida could do it. And Bill's like, no. Once Ida gets her hands on him, I'll never get him back, which I think is an adorable little right. back and forth. Uh, and again, that's what I'm appreciating more about this season. It's the people I actually like are yes. the people having conversations. Yeah. And they're having genuine conversations. Yeah. Whereas the villains in this season seem to be there specifically to move the plot forward. And to do villainous things. Right. Like, yeah, as soon as you see... Felix goes to Lou's place, and I'm mm-hmm. just like... He might as well have one of those, like, 1920s um, villain uh, piano... Right, right. Accompaniment. Uh, like, <laughs> accompaniment. Like, like, no, Lou, don't do it. And... uh She's fixing her bike out front, so it's good that she's getting some air, some oxygen, mm-hmm. some sunlight. And uh, he's like, I think that Brady is conscious, and I think that you think Brady is conscious, and I think you can help us uh, show that he's conscious. Um, and also, I think he might be manipulating computers, and I th- I heard that you used to work with computers, yeah. and you may be able to see how he's manipulating them. and. She's like, sure. Um, like it's it they want to call it like a cyber fingerprint. Okay. That's fine. It's 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 supposed to be 2011, so sure, this is probably right. how we were talking about computers then. He also wants to know Brady's triggers, which Lou does have a good handle on, I think. And she's like, Okay, that all sounds great. Um, I'm gonna need a lot of money. And I'm like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> like she shows him an eviction notice. It passes by very quickly. It it's like unsurprising. She's been out of work for right. however long. She has bills to pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and frankly, yeah, if you want me to wake up a psychopath, right? I'm going to need some financial Because obviously it's putting her through a great deal of trauma, and every time that she deals with him, it puts her through a great deal of trauma. Yes. So asking her to risk this means... Well, not to mention, yeah. she's unemployed, and she's, yeah. been on, she's been injured, significantly injured, and unable to work. Outside of just having been fired unceremoniously. Um, And she was suing. I wonder whatever happened with that. Probably nothing because she got put in the hospital and couldn't pay her attorneys because that's how this works. So then we go back to Al and Reggie and Al is trying to plug in his little zap it game Mm -hmm. because it's dead. And I'm like, don't plug it in. Don't do it. And there's a little conversation between Reggie and Al where, because Al is still like, I didn't kill that dog. Mm -hmm. And Reggie's like, I know. You got bit by a dog when you were eight and they wanted to put it down and you fought to save its life. Right. You're not, you didn't want that dog dead. You're not going to kill a dog now. Like, that's not who you are. And once again, I'm like, then why did he pull the head off that doll? That though? scene is inconsistent. It I'm, was inconsistent because yeah, because they made it seem when when Brady was like, "I'm mm-hmm. liking you more and more, Al," that it was Al's right some part of Al that did that. Yeah, but then everything else that we're hearing about it. him contradicts yeah. that. So I don't know why, 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 why have they done this? Uh, and then. They are like, well, maybe we need to get out of the town. And um, Al is like, yeah, let's go. And then he gets a little agitated. And he's like, I want to go now. I want to get out of here now. 
Yeah. Like the longer I'm like, if I'm here, I'm in danger mm-hmm. and I don't want to be here and I don't want to be a danger or in danger. Right. Um, and so Reggie's like, okay, like to appease him. Okay. Let's pack, go ahead and get packed up. They pack up and they, they, they get ready to go. Uh, and then we got a Cora and Felix scene. Remember last week when she had him by the balls on the throat? Mm-hmm. This week, it's the other way around. It's a very um, these two dysfunctional to... relationship. Not. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Cora is packing and she says that, you know, her bosses are sending her to China. She has to go. There's no choice. And Felix grabs her passport, um, threatens to tear it up unless she tells him the truth about whether the company wanted her to go or she wanted to go to give herself distance mm-hmm. from this shit show that is happening. Right. And finally she's like, no, they don't want me to go. I just want to go. And he gives her her passport back, but then like gets her close to her and grabs her by the throat. He's not squeezing, mm-hmm. but he's definitely got her hands on her throat or his hands on her throat. I understand why this scene exists. They're trying to show the, the, how the dynamic has switched now, and he's desperate. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's. I just am so tired of these two. Yeah, and, and then no he, like, well, he's got her by the throat, he kisses uh, her, and then says, I guess we're not in this together, and walks out. And I'm just like, y'all have not been in this together in, for, in since the beginning. I don't know. She does not have a single redeemable quality. No. And there's nothing in her that evokes any sympathy. It, there's nothing. But also, he's not. He's. I am not again. I'm not a fan of masculine stereotypes and oh, to be a man, you have to be mm-hmm. tough and this, that, and the other. But I think to be an effective human, you have to have some principles, right? And some. Um, ability to take responsibility for your own behaviors and actions. Right. Uh, some things are not your fault, and some things are not. Some things happen to you, certainly. Mm-hmm. But Felix has made some choices, right? And now is acting like everything has been put on him, and yeah. I'm just like, except you're the one with the needle in your hand. You're the one with the craniotomy right. drill. Y- you are doing these things. Whether you're being coerced or not, you could stand up to your wife and her Chinese, you know, bosses. Mm-hmm. And not specifically, just her bosses. We right. didn't take Chinese right out of it. It doesn't matter. You could stand up for what you think is right. But you have not done that. And right. now you're, like, upset that you're going to get caught doing bad shit. But you chose to do the bad shit. It just feels very much like these bankers and stuff that are like, but we're the ones who are supposed to... Everything about those two characters feels that way. Yeah. And she is... They very much are like capitalism personified. She wants to distance herself. And white fragility personified. I don't have enough... I don't think she's going to survive to the end of the program um, or the end of the, the season. And I don't really care if she doesn't because there's been nothing where I can... Like, we even yeah. got an episode where Brady's mom got to be painted in a different light. Yeah. Where there was some sort of sympathy for yeah. her and where how you she saw what, what, what led to this yeah. train wreck of a human being. 
We um, just know from her that she grew up poor. That's all we got. A couple of and lines. apparently that makes you a psychopath. Well, because yeah, she. Didn't I have, also grew right. up poor, <laughs> and have never decided that it was worth it to you know mm-hmm. jab illegal dr- drugs into a psychopath's brain right. just to see what would happen. Well, the fact that she really and for the for money was him under the bus. For this, and she's still like we haven't even talked about the fact that she's pregnant with his child. Like that, she says that she's pregnant with his child. Well, they went to a right. They did. They, yeah. That's right. They did go to a thing. So, so I mean, you do see, because I'm just like she's also the type of person I think who would lie about that well, to absolutely and gender. That, that, that's been kind of. I'm wondering if these last two episodes it's going to come back. Yeah, because that's another one that just got dropped. Like, wait, what? Okay, so... Well, she's also barely pregnant, right. so it doesn't really fact, like, into your day-to-day, and they're so busy thinking about this one thing that... Right. So, um, as Al and Reggie were packing for their... They're going to do a fishing trip up at their cabin, which sounds lovely, um, but Al goes in to grab the Zap It, the little tablet, and uh, he picks it up and walks away, and then ten minutes later, Reggie goes in to find him, and Al's like, oh, I want to cut your hair before we go. It's getting shaggy. And we had seen before that he was going to, mm-hmm. he was set to do that. Um, and then we know that nothing good's about to happen. No, and the scene that happens is actually really well done in that it's shocking. The, this yeah, episode it's, works it's really a well demon barber Fleet Street moment. Vincent Van Gogh thing. Yes. Uh, so, and that was the part that made me jump. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't see that coming. He, um... Reggie's sitting with mm-hmm. Al behind him. He's totally unsuspecting. And Al, for, he is now, because as soon as he looks at this tablet, mm-hmm. Brady's got an in. So mm-hmm. I, there's this, now I guess an, he doesn't have to see him or be in the same vicinity as him. He just has to like kind of zone out and be hypnotized by this tablet. And, and he's taken over. And uh, he even says, I'm not, I'm Brady, not Al. Um, but he says that after mm-hmm. he snips snips off like a chunk of Reggie's ear, right. which is yeah a rough, and then slices his throat. The slicing the throat is what I expected. The ear thing I didn't. So yes. it is kind of shocking when it does happen. Um, and that was really well done. It's also this episode works. Re- the episode goes to an interesting conclusion. And I remember talking to you at the time that I needed to see the episode afterwards. Yes, we watched both back to back this time. Which is rare for us. Yeah, for um, this show. The um, Because they, there's a great deal of suspense that happens after this that you'll go into. But uh, part of what was um, works really well about this particular episode is how this is all staged toward the end. And there's one trope yes. they use that just as... They keep insinuating itself into the episode, and we'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. It's awful. It doesn't work well, but the rest of it is really compelling and suspenseful. Um, yeah. So, okay. Sorry, I just... Okay. So then Al gets the gun that he had taken from Montez's house, mm-hmm. and he leaves. We don't know where he's going. Uh, Bill and Donna meet... They, he. He's got plane tickets. They're going to go to Clonakilty, which is where his mother is from. And then they're going to try and avoid his dad's family, which mm. 
We wonder why he left at 17 and never right. went back. Uh, Donna wonders if they're ready for it in their relationship. And Bill's like, there's only one way to find out. Uh, she goes off. She's going to go do a deposition because she's a fancy lawyer. Oh, well, she uh, has fancy lawyer hair. Yeah. Then we see Al eating a hamburger and it pulls out and he's sitting at the wobbly table in mm. Bill's house. Right. So Al's just made himself at home. Uh, Bill and Montez meet with the head of the hospital, uh, Pedamore, at the bar and say and, and try to get him to transfer or transfer Brady to Crestmore. And Pettimore basically says, look, every time something happens around Brady, our hospital is on the news mm -hmm. and it's brought in business. So right now I'm making a strategic financial decision to keep Brady at the hospital, which is fucking wild. But it's 100% in line mm -hmm. with a for-profit system. So they're, Montez and Bill are like, well, this is a wall we were not really expecting. And they, and the fact that he's so honest about his motivations, he's right. not like, it's not best for the patient. He's not, none of that. It's mm -hmm. look, having this dude here makes me money. And so until that yeah. stops or the deaths ramp up, because that's <laughs> then I'm leaving him where he's at. Even though he doesn't trust Felix, he does think that he's doing some shady shit. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't matter because the bottom line is being is the hospitals making money, and so that's what matters. Right. Capitalism's the best. Uh, I guess the theme of this film is just how how far people are willing to. The theme of this season seems to be. How far people are willing to go for money. Uh, yes, that is absolutely and that, the theme the of the season. that money go, does. Yeah, which is weird because uh -huh. it's so small with, like, Holly, where she's like, just turn these people into their creditors. Right. And Bill's like, that's shitty. To, like... <laughs> well, that's why I think this episode, this season also has a lot more going for it. Because there is a thing that's the... the um, yes. The first season is a conte crawl. You know, it's like a Guido Maupassant stories or something where it's just... Savagery piled on top of sad, yeah. sad savagery, and there doesn't seem to be a point to it. Yeah, it's just watching people suffer. And this one is just, hey, let's look how shitty capitalism is. Right. Well, we're, we're having this <laughs> overarching theme about what people are what people are willing to do for money, and how it crushes people under. And so it has victims, but we're willing to continue because the victims don't matter. Yeah. And so that's why maybe even though I was really doubtful. When we introduce the science fiction element at the beginning of the season, um, it's. I think the fact that they uh -huh. just aren't explaining it um, makes it easier to deal with. Well, like, yeah, because Stephen King is very bad at explaining science fiction. He's, right. Well, but Stephen King isn't writing these episodes. Right. So, you, you know, you could get somebody in who could write logically what's going on, mm -hmm. but it kind of makes. More sense, and I appreciate that when people start clocking what's happening mm -hmm. and believing it, they are all also like, this is an insane thing to believe, yeah. and also I 100% believe it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so... Yeah, I appreciate the way that's being done. Then we go into sort of the last piece of this. And mm-hmm. in Brady's Mind Palace, we've got video on the back of like behind him of the last episode of last season mm-hmm. in black and white. And so at one point too, we see Holly beating him with the dog, but, she but couldn't he have seen. doesn't seem to know who she is. Right. Uh, so I don't know why they decided to put that footage up there. If if you were going to have that footage, it should have just been a dark shape behind him mm-hmm. because under Brady's control, Al is back at Bill's house. He breaks one of the records, and then he's hiding. And we see Brady in the basement, in the mine basement. There's a punching bag up. He tapes Bill's face to it. He comes out in like a, one of those silk robes, mm-hmm. like a. And he's been doing crunches and like he's been right. working out this whole episode. Yeah, just weird. Um, then we see Holly come home, and I'm like, oh no, she knows he killed her, or he, like right. he that she, he knows that she attacked him because we just saw it playing in his mind palace, but he doesn't. He hides from her as Al. He's mm-hmm. still in Al's head, right? Or you know, body, right? And doesn't say anything to her. She comes in, sees that the coffee maker at home is still on, yeah. sees the hamburger detritus and uh-huh. she's like ew bill and she's going to clean it up and then she's like oh no did he do the same thing at the 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 i want to call it the shop restaurant the office <laughs> and so she packs up after rinsing off his dishes uh-huh. she what she presumes is bill's dishes right. even though bill doesn't leave stuff out like that yeah um and leaves again and she's she's fine and then uh, Bill returns home, sees Ida sitting on her porch, and asks if she wants to have some coffee or tea. And he's like, "I can't." And a gentleman comes out. The there. same one that we were introduced to from a school, from her school. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and she's like, "He go," and he's getting, he's looking for a, a bottle opener for some yeah. wine that they're sharing. And uh, Bill's like, "Oh, is that your boyfriend?" And She's like, that's my date. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's not about you. And he's like, well, good night. And then he goes inside and he realizes that someone's there. He sees the broken record and he pulls his gun. Mm -hmm. We see Holly at her desk at the shop. She did, in fact, have to turn off the thing. So Bill did not listen when she told him, you can't leave the coffee pot on because the whole place will burn down. We see the knock on the door, and they do the silence of the lamps, and you're like, who's going to be at the door? Yeah. It's just a package. She, she appears to have ordered some nice pens, a girl after my own heart. Right. She, Yay. She's very happy about these pens. Uh, and then we see Donna arriving at home. She takes a picture. She bought, like, a photo's guide or something mm-hmm. to... Uh, it brought me back right back to our, our bookstore days, to Ireland, and sends Bill the picture, and Bill glances at it, as he's looking around his house to find who's in it. And Donna calls Bill as Al jumps out and attacks him. The gun and the phone get knocked out of his hands, and Donna is hearing what's going on. Um, Brady is hitting the punching bag. We just see um, him. Oh, and then hitting it with a two-by-four, which seems extra. Um 
And then Al hits Bill, knocks him down, gets on top of him, and is just beating him. Mm-hmm. And I guess all of the commotion Ida heard, and she comes over to see what's happening mm-hmm. and see and sets off like a little panic right. alarm on her keys, um, which like distracts Al and allows Bill to grab the gun, his gun. Mm-hmm. It was his gun. Mm-hmm. I think it was his gun. I think Montez's gun was... Right. Um, and she, he shoots Al in the chest and then there's a beat and there is... It, Mike Starr does a nice job here because he does this subtle shift mm-hmm. and we see it more in the next episode and then Bill shoots him in the forehead. Right. And that is, uh, and then in the mind basement, we see Brady, like the monitors in, in uh-huh. Brady's desk explode and sh- just throw him backwards. Uh, and then that is the end of the episode, at which point, yeah, we were like, we got to watch the next one, though. I, I felt like, and I'll tell you what I felt about the end of it, this episode, because I think the last 10 or 15 minutes are really compelling, um, except for Brady. That whole business with the green screens in the background. And I all, wouldn't... It went on way too long. It was long. a lot. And, and, it, and this episode right. was like 57 minutes long. Like well, it didn't but need to. Here's the other issue that I have, because it's always inconsistent when you do things like this. You show flashbacks of things that he couldn't have seen. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which, if was, you want to use uh, that footage, because right. you have it, you blur out the stuff that he wouldn't know. Right. That's what you do. Because otherwise I'm just like, yeah, because I'm like, well, why wouldn't he have attacked Holly? He's literally watching mm-hmm. for, or he's got footage of her beating him senseless. Right. The cause of his, you right. know, internalization. And he doesn't do shit to her. And it's, it's baffling. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And it just, it, it feels cheap. Compared to how well staged the rest of this is, yeah, it is very well staged. The suspense is it Holly or Donna? Are they going to show up there? Are they going to get shot? And for a moment, you're really unclear if Donna is going to just like show up at the house and get shot. The fact yes. that that uh, the fight scene itself is really well staged. It looks like an actual fight. It yeah. does not look like yes. A, right. Brandon Gleason is a mess after right. this, and and we do hear all the things that happened to him. Um, the other thing that. Like, because you're pretty convinced that Donna's not making right. it through this, se- yeah. this season, right? <laughs> but we'll talk about that because I think there's a more graceful out for her that they're hinting at in the next episode. Yeah, I think that's right. But I think in this one, it looks like a street fight. People pull out guns, people pull out weapons, improvised weapons. And so it's not at all like a staged movie fight. And even later on, Ida comments that, my God, what a fight when she, in the yeah. next episode. Yeah. Because it's very realistic. Yes. And, and it's, you know... Somebody jumps you when you're not looking and has all the advantage in the world yeah. and you're not able to catch up to yeah. them. Yeah, and let's just go mm-hmm. right into the next episode, which, yeah, this one's called um, Ungracefully, Nobody Puts Brady in a Crestmore, mm-hmm. which, y'all, y'all. It's laboring really hard to get to a joke that, <sighs> that isn't is funny. That is sweaty. Um, and the beginning of the, the first five minutes of this really mirror the... F- mm-hmm. And it's weird because we watched the recap... And then it goes right into the episode, which, like I said, for three to five minutes is almost identical right. to what we just saw. Um, and I wonder if there was a hiatus or something between mm, the two maybe. episodes. Uh, this one and Or maybe aired, you just felt that so much happened at the end, you needed maybe. to see it again. This one aired Wednesday, October 10th, um, 2018. 
I guess I could find out when the other one aired to see if there was like a weird. That'd be a weird place for a break. Mm-hmm. Nope, October 3rd. So only a week later. So we see Bill checking the house. We see Donna on the other end and we see her on the phone mm-hmm. as Bill picks up. And here's Al promise to f- fuck Bill up. Right. And then we hear and uses gunshots. His name Kermit. And uses his name Kermit, right. yes. Um, which is why Bill is pretty sure that, right. it, you know, because nobody, the only person, the only people now who know that, that that's his name, mm-hmm. Jerome knows. Right. Um, I believe Holly knows. I believe Ida knows. Donna would know. Mm-hmm. Pro- yeah, Donna would know. It would be on their their wedding certificate. Right, of course. Um, and Brady. And yeah. that's it. Those that's the that's the universe of people who know what his name is. Um and then she hears gunshots. And my first thought was, why didn't she hear the alarm? Yeah. Which it just turns out was an editing issue, mm-hmm. I think. I they don't bring up why there was a dis- disconnect there. Ida goes over to Bill to check on him as he sits up. He says that Al was waiting for him when he got home. Um and she's like, Well, I I'm gonna tell him that you were trying to he was trying to kill you. Like mm-hmm. He was beating the hell out of you. Elliot, her date, comes in and... Poor Elliot. Yeah, right. And Bill's like... Bill tries to tell him what happened. And um, she she's like, call 911 and bring me some towels from the kitchen. Because Bill's mm-hmm. face is very bloodied, yes. And they're out... I think they're out on the lawn when Donna shows up, but Donna had also called 911 because mm-hmm. Elliot's like, they, they've already got a call, like people are already coming out right. because there was a 911 call because Donna, Donna called because yeah. she was on the line with him. Uh, we see Brady waking up inside the basement and it's like a mess and his little brother is on the stairs and um, says, hey, is mom here? And uh, Brady picks him up and takes him to watch TV. We have a scene between a nurse and Felix at the hospital saying that Brady's brain patterns have spiked for several hours and his fingers are twitched, have twitched, uh, or twitch, and Felix sees them. Mm-hmm. And he says that uh, Brady can't hide anymore and that his public awaits. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he can hide. He could just never talk. I could choose right now to never talk again. <laughs> it is a thing that you can do. You have free will. Yeah. And and when everything... When speaking would destroy any semblance of comfort mm-hmm. that you have, right. you're not going to do it. Uh, we see the police securing the house. Um, an EMT says that it looks like he's got a concussion. And the investigating detective tells Bill that he should have gone for the headshot first because he would have saved him a bullet, mm. to which Bill says, fuck off, which right. is the correct answer. Uh, Donna and Ida tell what happened, and the and the the cop is like, well, it, you all have the same story. Checks out. And uh, it looks like it's pretty clear-cut, and they're going to go over and check on Al's brother. And I'm like, this is not going to be a good situation. Uh, when Holly, we, we, we go back and Holly is uh, getting ready to leave the, the, uh, office and Ida calls or tells her what happens. And then she goes directly to the hospital. Um, and then we see Jerome at his house and his sister's asking for the ride that he had promised her earlier. 
And uh, he says, you know, chill out. And Barbara's like, look, my allowance has been cut. We stopped eating out and dad canceled cable. Mm-hmm. So maybe, uh, maybe you, maybe, maybe uh, Harvard should stress a little more rather yeah. than stress a little less. And uh, at that point, and then she just like leaves. She's like, I'll just get there on my own. And so Jerome starts um, going through his dad's desk and sees a bunch of delinquent bills. There's always that file where you open it, just past you, past you, Everything you. you need is right there. Let me tell you as someone who has been in financial straits, you do not keep the past due bill reminders because you know, you know what the fuck is past due. Mm-hmm. You do not need a file to tell you. Also, they send you those things on the reg. You will, you don't, you don't. But anyways, maybe Lawrence is more organized than I ever was. Uh, and then his phone rings and uh, Ida lets him know what happens. And Jerome says he's going to be, be over at the hospital. So Jerome, Holly are there. They meet with Ida. Donna comes out and says that Bill has a, con- a concussion, mm-hmm. cracked ribs and torn ligaments, but he's going to be fine. And then Ida lets them know that he lets the two newcomers, Holly and Jerome, know that he shot the uh, shot his attacker. And then Montez shows up and is talking to Bill and said that uh, Al's brother is dead, that Al cut his throat. And they're like, we saw them together. That doesn't make yeah, any doesn't sense. Track. He's like, there's it's I mean, it's a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Your, my gun was at your house. Like it, it's all right. It's all very consistent. It's all very consistent, and they're going to close this case because now their mm-hmm. their assailant is dead. So there's nothing else to do. But right. both of them absolutely believe that well, Brady Hartsfield as w- did this crime. Out, what on earth was the motivation that made this guy just suddenly snap like this? Yeah. No. It uh, and they don't. They 100 percent right. believe and and they tell each other us believing this is ludicrous and also we are both 100% on board Uh, and so he's uh, Montez is going to talk to Pettimore again to try and convince him that Brady is behind Mm -hmm. this this madness that's happening which is what Pettimore eventually calls it Um, and that you've got to move him and that would put an end to it Um, Holly comes over and talks to Bill it's very sweet and um, but she heard them and their conjecture, and is like, "Yeah, I think that that's what's happening." She's like, "Brady can't keep hurting people, and they, we have to prove that he's been dosed with something, or you know, something's going on." And Bill assures her that Brady didn't kill her, and she says that, "You know, I can't hold the world without Bill helping me." And she's like crying a little bit, and she's like, "I wish I could tell you what you mean to me, and how much that scares me." And he's like, "Yeah, it goes both ways." Like mm-hmm. it's very sweet because yes. she's like telling him without telling him, but mm-hmm. telling. I mean, she's being very direct. She's like, I wish I could tell you how how strongly I feel yeah. about it, you. And just by saying that, you've said it. Right. Like it's it doesn't have to be flowers and mm-hmm. roses and everything. It can just be, hey. I am grateful for you in my life. You're very important to me. And if anything happens to you, I will be devastated. That's it. That's all you have to say, (laughs) you know, and that is, so she's very, you know, straightforward with that. And he 
tears up a little bit too. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I care about you as well. Um, and then, uh, and that caring for people is scary. Yeah. Just like letting her know. Yeah. It, you, but, but like worth it, <laughs> like fundamentally worth it. Uh, Maggie, the nurse comes over and says that they're going to move Bill upstairs. Uh, Montez and Felix have a fight about Brady mm-hmm. in front of Brady again. Because that's where you have fights about Brady. And this scene is weird because this scene makes me... I'm confused about where Montez stands. It seems like he's like in with Bill and wants to get Brady moved. But this interaction with Felix, it's very much like, you were supposed to wake him up so I could have my day in court. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so are you playing both sides? Because these aren't really two sides you can play. I think what I took away from that scene is that he's reminding Felix what the arrangement was and then calling it off on the grounds that you couldn't provide me what I needed, so therefore I'm shutting it down. And this is not me being vindictive or superstitious or any of the other things that you could accuse me of being. You said you would come through, and you didn't come through. Right. And I think that's just him using that as an excuse for why he's about to do what he's going to do. Maybe. Um, so he's threatening to move Brady to Craftsmore, and you know Felix is like, I can get him walking in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the regulations are here are just stymieing me, which yeah, which is wild. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, and uh, and Montez leaves, and. Um, seems like he's actually sided with Bill, but it is a very, he's, he's playing both sides in a way that is 100% untenable. So I don't understand what, what his actual end game is as Maggie is taking Bill up in a wheelchair. He's telling her that Al killed a dog and his brother and then attacked him. Then Donna is watching from the hallway as Maggie puts Bill into his new bed. Uh, Brady and Gerald are watching TV and eating apples. And uh, Gerald's like, I'm sick of apples. And he's like, I'm sick of this show. They're watching some sort of clown show mm. um, that was on in Ohio. I mm. Googled it. Mm. Uh, everybody's gathered in Bill's room and Maggie's like, "You got the, we're going to release him in the morning. There's a little bit, you know, you've got visiting hours are almost right. over. Yeah. And everybody's there, and everybody's like, I'm going to stay. And Bill's like, just go home. <laughs> like, go home. I can't recuperate this way with you people sitting here. And they're like, fine. So Ida goes to go, and Holly's like, don't forget that the number one killer of people in hospitals is staff infections, so don't get one. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And Donna stays behind, takes his hand, kisses him on the forehead, and tells him to rest. Uh, back in the waiting room, Ida's reading a tablet article about the impact of electronic devices on adolescent development, which is pretty good. Uh, Donna tries to get some food from the vending machine and just starts like pounding on it when it jams up. And Ida's like, everything's going to be fine. And Donna's like, when does this end? Mm-hmm. Um, and this to me is her graceful way out. Maybe. And I, She's like, yeah. Bill killed somebody, and we're just kind of fine with that. Like, right. she's not fine with it. And I just like, that's this is who Bill is. Like, this is it's who you married, that. and also Ida who you divorced. takes it 
better than she, than than Donna does. But Ida is also first of all, Ida Ida's saw, not a lawyer. <laughs> Ida's not a lawyer. Right. For one, Donna mm. was married to a cop and then divorced a cop, probably for the reasons that you divorce a cop. Right. Right. Two. Or uh, Donna did. Th- yeah. That was Donna's life. Ida walked in on what was happening. Yeah. Saw that there was nothing that, like Bill did what Bill needed to do. But is removed mm-hmm. because that's her friend. Right. That's not. The other half of her life, like her her part too. So she's able to, yeah. She was in the middle of it, and she saw that there was no choice. And Donna doesn't didn't see that. I think Mm. she didn't Um, walk in on it. Yes, no. She heard some things, but Mm -hmm. she didn't walk in on it. Um, uh, Holly comes back to the hospital grabs a roll of tape from a cart and Ida finds Jerome sleeping on the couch, wakes him up and asks where Holly is, but he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Holly goes into Brady's room and like leans over him and says, you don't get to win. And she replaces his IV tape with the tape that she grabbed and then takes the original tape with his uh, hair on it. Yeah. So um, she go. she ends up going to her, um, her friend that we had seen before mm-hmm who has a chemist who will run tests on these hairs to see what compounds are in right. uh, it. Yes. Because she wants to prove that he is being dosed with something. And then it's like, well, this chemist is going to do a lot, you know, is willing to do a lot for you. Is it like a girlfriend? And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, well, when you get the results back, do you want to have dinner to go over them? <laughs> I'm this like, is, get you some. This Holly. is Holly being slick. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's very cute. Pretty good. Um, and he's like, like a date, and she goes, "Is that a yes?" <laughs> I was like, she wants well, some confirmation. That's a great way to ask for a date. And uh, he's like, okay. And I'm like, adorable, so right. cute. And uh, we see Montez and Pettimore, and it's like, so you've got Sadie and you've got Al. And Pettimore's like, yeah, we're going to move Brady because mm. some shit's going down that I can't. You can't account for it now. It's getting to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a trail of bodies. Right. Like, this is not not okay. Then we see Felix visiting Cora at work, which is a very shiny glass-walled office. Yeah. And... Uh, Felix gives her a little update, and Cora says that her higher-ups are terminating the products, uh, project because the Chinese can use the findings to eliminate the side effects. Felix wants her help um, to stop Brady's transfer, but Cora's like, you're, part, you're done mm-hmm. because you're too unstable. And uh, he's like, I'm not unstable. And I'm like, mm, you're both pretty unstable. And then she's like, you threatened me. Yes. In a moment of hypocrisy worthy of Ted Cruz. Yeah, right. Um, it was wild. She, she she's like, and she's just like, fuck you. Right. Which is, a, she she does deliver a good fuck you, right. I will say that. And he's like, what about, you know, us moving up and moving out? And she's like, look, there's been two deaths on your watch, no progress with the patient. 
we've got stock options and uh, you're just, you're out. Right. You're out. Um, and as she's walking out of her office, he's like, what about us? And she's like, babe, you know I'm in it for the long haul. Besides, where would I go? You've got my passport. <laughs> and then she leaves. And then I'm, and I'm just like, y'all need to get a divorce. Um, and also start saving up for the therapy that that child is going to need. Like, I just have, like, images of Kellyanne Conway and, and uh, her husband. I don't even know if that child is going to come into the world. Well, I no, I could see her just being like, now is not the time. Out of spite yet, you know? I, I don't understand. I don't know out of spite, but mm-hmm. certainly out of not a great time in my career, which is a perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. reason to terminate a pregnancy. Let me be clear. And also, this woman should not be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's not going to be good. Uh, Donna drives Bill home the next day, helps him into the house. And then we see a scene that was pretty upsetting to me, Mm. which is Jerome bringing groceries home. Yeah, that scene, uh, I don't... Well, you go ahead. You explain it. Okay. I'm I'm puzzled by it. What I get what they're doing, and I, I just... I just... It bums me out. So Jerome, after seeing those past due bills knowing that he is a being a bit of a drain on the family's financial, just because college is, and Harvard is especially. Um, and he has this job. So he buys some groceries and brings them home, which, frankly, he is 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He is home for the summer. He is working. This is a perfectly reasonable thing for him to do, even if he didn't know about the financial shit, Okay. And his dad comes home and is like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, well, I just thought I'd help out because I've got a job now. You know, I, you know, I've got this job this summer and I'm here. So I thought I'd help out. And dad loses his shit and starts breaking eggs into the sink. And is like, um, Jerome had said that he saw the past due mm-hmm. notices, which was a mistake on yes. Jerome's part. But Lawrence takes it as basically a slap in the face that he, he's basically, what he says is when you are an adult, like when you are out of college and you have a good paying job and you've got kids of your own, then it will be your job to buy groceries and bring them in, in, into your house. Right. right now, your job is to go to school and get an education. And my job is to feed my family. You don't take another man's job. And I'm like, okay, this feels culturally specific. Mm-hmm. I think a black man in a mostly white neighborhood right. of a certain affluence level may feel affronted, extra affronted by something like this. Those were good groceries that that child brought into your house. He's trying to help. He is not impugning your masculinity, your manhood. He is not taking your job. It just really... It felt backwards. It felt It hurt my feelings. Weird. And it it yeah. felt like some toxic-ass masculinity. Well, it, it was obviously that, like, yeah. You know, and it just bummed me out because Jerome didn't drop out of school, mm-hmm. even though he fucking wants to. Right. It's clear that he wants to for multiple reasons, and this is going to be 
you know, a bit, I think it's going to be a big thumb on the scale of what he decides to do. Yeah, exactly. The damage that this man's pride is doing to his family when it's unnecessary. Jerome was not hurt by doing buying those groceries. And it gave him a little bit of a sense of pride to give something back yeah. through the work that he is doing. And it just it just bummed me out. The scene bummed me out. Like I get it, and I and I think it's interesting that it was included. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it feeds into Jerome's arc for the rest of the show. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it what it's supposed Why? to tell me. Yeah. Right. It felt like a thing that's that's perfectly in place in a novel, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a television series like this. It's weird that we haven't seen Jerome's dad really this whole season, except for this extraordinary scene and it's yeah. it is painful to watch it is, it is, it's really hard yeah. to watch because you're just it's just it's one of those and there's a lot of scenes like this and i and i i, I don't know if i'm more keen to them now mm-hmm. um or if i'm so, i was so used to seeing them for so long that i got numb to them and i've unnumbed myself mm-hmm. to them but this this pride this male pride that does nothing but hurt you yeah and and nobody like it's 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 self inflicted and nobody is it's not that people are looking down on you it's that we're trying to live in a society and help each other and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that it's yeah, not I pity it's not fit into, you know, as you yeah. said, this whole story because yeah and this is obviously going to be a catalyst for something for but something right he's been yeah. Because he's such a good kid. Yeah. And um and I like that his character is more listless, the drugs, the mm-hmm. not sure what he wants to do because he's 19. Right. And very much a fish out of water. Um he absolutely belongs at Harvard, but Harvard doesn't want him to know that, right? Like that's Right. It's an insular shitty you know place in a lot of ways. Um, especially if you aren't that waspy ideal um, that they cultivate. So, but it's a it's a really like it's a well played, a well acted scene by both of them. Right. But it's just like it's such a deep bummer for me to just see men self sabotage so hard. Mm. Like it just it it makes me really sad. Um, yeah. Guys, it's okay. You can get help. You can ask for and receive help. It doesn't make you less of a person, less of a man. It doesn't. It just doesn't. All right. We'll get off that now. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Montez gets called into the DA's office. Felix is there. Felix has decided he will not be neutered. Not by his wife. Not by Pettymore. Not by anyone. And he has... Somehow, we don't know how he got Pettymore to turn around on uh, moving Brady. We, he had gone in to see him getting unhooked mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. And he's like, nope, you're not moving him. This is my hospital. This is my wing. This is my patient. Da, 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 da. And then we see him at the DA's office. And I don't know what happened in between. Is Pettymore dead in his office? I don't know. I don't know. But he's like, nobody's moving to Crestmore. Felix has assured the DA that he's going to be revived and he will stand trial, which once again, Brady is hearing 90% of the shit that you're saying. So why do you, whatever. Anyway, so now 
the DA has talked to the owner of the hospital, Pettimore's boss, I guess, and made the arrangements for Brady to stay. Which, once again, the amount of money per day that this right. patient is costing, it's crazy. Montez goes over to Bill's and is like, I thought we were going to get him moved, but he's staying, apparently, and there's nothing I can do. And then Donna is like, don't let it affect you. Let's, we're going to go. Like, let's just leave it behind. And Bill's like, Brady has to be stopped. And Donna's like, that's not your job. Right. You're not a police officer. You're <sighs> nobody's Whose side are you on in that, that argument? I'm on Bill's side. I'm on Bill's side because Brady's not going to stop. Brady's going to keep coming for Bill. Everyone whose job it is to yeah. stop him doesn't know it's their job. Right. Or can't do it. But, yes. and, and It's it's one of those things. So I but, get what... But I also get what Donna's saying. Because, A, Donna mm-hmm. does not understand what's... She doesn't right. understand the sci-fi aspect of it. Doesn't know, doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Both, both of those things. All she sees is an ex-cop who gave too much of his life while he was a current right. cop and is now giving his retirement to, for what? She doesn't see what the return is. Right. And and she doesn't know what Ida, Holly, and Jerome at this point know. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm suspecting, I'm saying Ida, I think she, Ida... I don't think Ida knows. I I know that she might be under the suspicion now that this is going on because now it's violence right next door. Maybe. Um, but I think certainly Holly and, and um, Jerome... Holly and Jerome both know that some hinky shit is going on. Yeah. Um... Uh... Bill's like, well, whose job is it then? And says that he loves her. And she's like, I love you. I've always loved you. I always will. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to explain, but they're sort of talking past each other. Right. And uh, she lets him know that they, she talked to their daughter, that he she knows that he's fine. Um, and she says, I'm going to go visit her in Seattle. And Bill agrees with that. Um, and then says, you know, let her know that I love her. And you think that's going to be it. And I think that's I probably going to be back. it as well. Yeah. I think she, I mean, she's got a fucking law practice with her name on the door. I think she comes back, but I don't think she comes back into his life like this. Mm. Um, then... We go to Brady in the hospital, and he can move his feet. He does it when nobody's around. Uh, In his mind basement, he sees Mom moving through the ruins. She comes over, and they're dancing. And you're like, did they bring her back for just this? I'm like, we haven't seen her face. And my guess is... No, they got a woman with strong shoulders, and yeah, because what when we, were, we see her right. face, she's wearing the clown mask clown from mask. the Mercedes killing, and they're dancing, and then he kisses her shoulder, and it's so upsetting. Uh, Jerome is we see sitting on his bed and is looking at a photo of his family, including his mm-hmm. mom. So when they were all much younger, uh, Holly feeds her little goldfish. 
Uh, Gerald tells Brady that it's time to go and their mom disappears. And then, or Gerard. This is Gerard, but I'm pretty sure his brother's name was Gerald. Because it was Gerald's game. And he walks up the stairs into the light and Brady follows him, smiling as he reaches the top. That's not good. He needs to stay in his mind basement where he can't move. Uh, Bill is sleeping on his couch. Um, and Brady appears kind of over him in his uniform, his ice cream uniform, in the same outfit where, that he had when he was playing tug-of-war with Bill's dick two episodes ago. Um, and Bill wakes up, but there's nobody there except Holly, who's um, dozing in her chair, sort of watching him. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and goes to the hospital. Uh, Felix goes into Brady's room and discovers orderlies are unfastening the machines from Brady. And he's like, no, 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 there's a mistake. Put him back, put him back, put him back. Pettimore knows about it. Hook everything back up. This is my patient. I thought this happened earlier, but it happens right at the end. And then Bill arrives at Brady's um, room just a little bit later, and Brady's bed is empty. Felix comes in, surprised that Brady isn't there, and Bill tells him to call security. So we're to understand and believe now that Brady has, after a year plus Mm -hmm. of being in bed, gotten up and walked the fuck out. (laughs) Which, (laughs) they had him... They 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 ramped us up for this because they had him on like a sort of this auto pedal machine, right? So that his legs would his muscles would wouldn't totally atrophy, but auto movement it can, because you can do that by hand too, mm-hmm. where somebody moves your leg, right. which is what I used to do for my dad after right. A stroke, but right. that's not that is lubricating your joints and and not, yeah. aiding in blood flow, but it doesn't unatrophy your muscles because your muscles aren't being engaged mm-hmm. to do that. Right? Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm brought in mind of the movie Hard to Kill, the Steven Seagal movie from back in the day, the action movie, where he spends time in a coma, wakes up, and after two weeks is doing kung fu again, or doing martial arts again. Um, and, and I remember when that movie was reviewed by Rod Rebert, he's going, um, <laughs> he goes, I don't know anybody who comes out of a coma and starts doing action scenes right out of the coma. Uh, and that's kind of what this felt like. But then again, when are we questioning reality? Is this is this now where I've said, okay, now it's too unrealistic for me because I suppose I've followed them this far. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got two more episodes. Brady's up and around. Mm-hmm. And I'm... Jumping rope. I'm not thrilled about it, but right. here we are. <laughs> we had to get him up and out. He yeah. couldn't be in his mind prison the whole season, and we're at the end. So, and Donna, we got a way to Seattle. Hopefully, she's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand even Brady's motivation for getting up and moving around like that. Like, unless it's just to get away. I don't know where he's gonna go. I would presume that he's gonna continue to you know, usurp other people's bodies. (laughs) Because that is a much less litigatable way to commit crimes. I don't think he could be brought up on charges for what happened to Al and Reggie um, and Sadie. 
I just don't. I do, we do not have those laws in the books. So I do not believe that he would be imprisoned for those things. So just, you know, if you want to keep being a murderer, don't do it from your own body. Do it from other people's bodies. Well, if you can manage that, and if I become a murderer, I will take that advice. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. If you're going to murder. <laughs> this is like one of the better advice shows, uh, podcasts that there is. If yes, you are right. going to murder. Don't do it with your own body. Don't do it with your own body. Just use your psychic powers. Just do your psychic powers. Right. That's what they're for. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, what else are they for? Lifting really rocks, you know, moving radar dishes, joining the X-Men. I don't know. I'm waiting for, that's Brady's next move, doing the um, Professor X headache. Yes, grab where two I'm, fingers I'm, to the forehead. Right. Mm, thinking real hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So there we are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's about to happen. Right. Bad shit. How many more people do you think are going to die? In these next two episodes, how many more people are going to die? Felix and Mrs. Felix, possibly the district attorney. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I still don't know what's going to happen with Jerome and his dad. Yeah. Like, Jerome's story arc is weird. I don't know where Ida's heading with this. Yeah. I hope Ida stays safe. I'm really worried about the tortoise. Fred better be okay, man. He to me, do it's like Holly and the tortoise and or the tortoise. That would be what gets me out of there. <laughs> we just don't watch right, this. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Fuck season three, whatever. I just have to do it tortoise on my killers. own. Um, I, I don't think Cora's going to die. Mm-hmm. I think Felix might. I don't think Montez is going to die, but I do think he's going to get wounded. Okay. That's my that's my okay. guess. But I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like Cora is so blatantly evil mm-hmm. that I just feel like they won't kill her. But I don't know. I don't I legitimately do not remember what happens in the books. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. pulling from just straight guess. Straight guesses here. Um but next week we'll find out. All right. Next so, week. So well Next week, we'll discuss it. We'll find mm. out before then. I'll find out before so, that. So, uh, we know um, that this show has been difficult for some people, and they yes, don't want to do. watch. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, listen to us. We're, reca- we're telling you everything that happens, you and you really don't even to have to watch, watch it. So, uh, hopefully. But I will say, so far, this season, I am liking... 50% more than I liked yeah, last I season? Think so. Because it's just, there's just much more going on. There's much more focus to the show. It seems to be trying to make a point. So yeah, yeah, There's definitely theme in this yes. that isn't just, you know, murder. Right. <laughs> I felt like in the last season that every time that we hit a slow spot, we're going to defer to um, Brady masturbating in a corner again or being molested by his mom. Yeah. And I, I just, just... I, I, I don't need to see that. No. Yeah, and I was bummed that they even brought in the, you know, Kelly Lynch double this time. But yeah. All right, so next week we watch the final two episodes. And what are they called? I didn't look. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so episode nine is called Walk Like a Man, mm-hmm. and episode ten is called Fade to Blue, which is not a good Sounds like a cop thing. Title. I'm not clicking on it, though, because I don't want to be spoiled. Right, don't be spoiled. In the meantime, do you have anything that you, you would know, like to recommend? To our listeners. Actually, I wish I did. I have spent time disconnected from from 
entertainment system, so no, I do not currently have something to recommend. Um, but do you? Here's what I'll recommend. I haven't watched the whole ep- the whole season, but I don't need to to know that it's super fun and good. Uh, we started watching it together last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadia Bakes okay. is on Netflix. If you like cooking shows, uh, I recommend this one. She's lovely. They're 30-minute episodes, so it's quick. We watched three episodes last night without even, like, thinking about it. Right. Um, Nadia Hussein is a winner of The Great British Bake Off mm-hmm. from a little while ago. She had... A, a previous show on Netflix, a cooking show, and this is her new cooking show on Netflix. She's lovely. The food looks amazing. Right. I'm definitely going to make at least like three of the things we saw last night. Uh, it's it's just like a balm. It's just relaxing to watch. I was so exhausted after yeah. the drive home yesterday and the lack of sleep over the weekend. And I just was like, I can't think about anything or do anything. And we put that on, and it was just 90 minutes of, like, it's like a bath for your heart. It's nice. (laughs) So I recommend that. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And you liked it, even though you don't care about shows like that. Well, it's (laughs) I live in a household where cooking shows are on all the time. They're on a lot. And so at times it's hard to, oh, like, what are we cooking today? But, um, but yeah, this is actually really, she seems to really enjoy cooking and this yes. is. And it, sharing that right. with people. She's yeah. not turning it into an acrobatic endeavor where she's showing off her skills. No. She seems to really want to share. She pulls out phyllo dough right. that she bought at the store. She's like, I'm, I've never tried it and I'm not going to. I won the Great British Bake Off and I buy t- packeted mm-hmm. phyllo dough and also, she had packeted puff pastry. Right. And I was just like, great. Yeah. Great. Because she has small children and a husband and a life. Right. So this is not like <laughs> Top Chef where there is a certain amount of, you know, cooking bravado going on and cooking at this level. No, this is a person who's making food that they want you to cook and wants you to have a good time and uh, feel some sort of... Uh, feeling of accomplishment and what you're able to get done to as a home cook. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I really enjoy it. It feels like a thing I'll just put on to try and go to sleep Mm -hmm. after I've watched all of them. You know what I mean? Like just, just chill vibes over here. Some cottage core loveliness. Also her kitchen is beautiful and her outfits are great. She looks good. Anyways. So that's it. Nadia Bakes. And that's it. Are that's we done? Mm-hmm. Have we reached the end? All We've right. We've reached the end for today. Next week, we close out Mr. Mercedes season two. Uh, until then, if you have questions, comments, concerns, any ideas on what we should watch next after Stephen King after is the done? Epic that is Stephen King. Uh, because we're getting we're getting close. Mm-hmm. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching latecomerspod in the search bar, or you can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. Uh, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you better, better late, late than, than never. never.